Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd. Coming up, Missouri officials are stepping up efforts to limit access to medical care and sports teams for transgender children and students. They're using kids as political pawns, and that burns me up. Plus, we'll hear from Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas on the prospect of a downtown baseball stadium. But first, some headlines. The Kansas House of Representatives passed legislation yesterday requiring doctors to care for infants born alive after an attempted abortion. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service reports it would have limited practical impact. Such births are extremely rare and are usually limited to abortions prompted by fetal abnormalities and performed after viability. Abortions that late in a pregnancy are illegal in Kansas, but supporters say it's important to give all infants legal protections. Representative John Epley is a Republican from Atchison. 98-99% of these infants that are born are going to pass away shortly after delivery. But during that time, it should be our duty to provide appropriate, compassionate end-of-life care. Critics say it could prevent doctors from giving comfort care to infants with no chance of survival. The bill now heads to the Senate. The GOP-controlled Missouri House of Representatives has advanced a $1 billion personal and corporate income tax cut. KCUR's Savannah Holly-Bates has more. The bill would cut the corporate income tax rate in half, cut the top rate on personal income taxes, and exempt Social Security payments from taxation, according to the Missouri Independent. Democrats, who largely oppose the bill, warned that another tax cut could put the state in a bad financial position. The measure would also accelerate a tax cut approved in September that will reduce state revenue by almost $800 million annually. Combined, the tax cuts would cost the state over $2 billion each year. If passed by the Senate and signed into law, it would be the second corporate tax cut in less than five years. Clay County prosecutors will seek the death penalty against the 24-year-old man accused of killing a North Kansas City police officer. Joshua Rocha is accused of shooting Officer Daniel Vasquez during a July 2022 traffic stop. Prosecuting attorney Zachary Thompson says a case needs at least three aggravating circumstances to qualify for the death penalty, and he has those in this case. First, that the offense was outrageously or wantonly vile, inhuman, or horrible in that involved depravity of mind. Thompson says second, the crime was committed against a police officer, and third, Rocha was allegedly avoiding lawful arrest. Rocha is charged with first-degree murder and armed criminal action. We'll be back after this. It's Friday night. What places are you heading to for post-work happy hour? Tell us. This podcast is making a best of the best list and needs recommendation for happy hour menus at restaurants in KC. Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. 
Democratic Missouri lawmakers filibustered for 12 hours on Monday night through Tuesday morning, attempting to block the advancement of bills that would limit the rights of transgender youth. But they failed. Both bills got first-round approval from the Republican-dominated Missouri Senate. St. Louis Public Radio's State House reporter Sarah Kellogg and health reporter Sarah Fenton have been covering the issue. They told Jonathan All how those bills and another measure announced by Missouri's Attorney General could change the lives of transgender kids. Sarah Kellogg, at the State House, there's been a long parade of legislation that has targeted rights for trans kids. Where does that legislation stand today? Right now, a pair of bills just went through uh, the Senate. Uh, One restricts trans athletes, both trans girls and trans boys, from participating in sports that align with their gender identity that goes uh, through collegiate levels, also applies to public uh, charter and uh, private schools. Um, And then another bill bars transgender minors under 18 from accessing gender-affirming health care, like puberty blockers, uh, hormone treatment surgeries. There are some exceptions to that. I'm sure we'll get into details. Sarah Fenton, the... uh The attorney general earlier this week weighed in on this and seems to be trying to ban or restrict these uh, issues before the legislature acts. That's right. So on Monday afternoon, Andrew Bailey, who's the attorney general of Missouri, released an announcement that he is planning to put emergency regulations in place that will limit how transgender people receive care. These regulations include informed consent from patients about uh, certain risks of transgender care um, and also require anybody who receives care to get a full psychological assessment of no fewer than 15 separate hourly sessions. That means 15 hours of therapy before you could receive any kind of gender-affirming care, um, like puberty blockers, hormone treatments. It's not a technically a ban on gender-affirming care, but it does make it significantly more difficult to receive that care. I think it's an interesting move on the attorney general's part. Um, I think that it's something that you are going to see challenged in courts. Sarah Kellogg, what has the reaction been uh, both uh, from people who are supportive of these actions and opposed to them at the Capitol? The reaction has been very interesting so far. I mean, earlier in session, there was a rally against this legislation right before a really long House hearing. But on Monday, you know, the day after everybody came back, there was a over 150 people who were in support of these bills. And it led to eventually the bill being brought up immediately in the Senate. And uh, it long led to a over 12-hour filibuster. Uh, One of the people speaking in that filibuster, you know, mostly, if not all Democrats, um, was Senator Greg Razor, who is the only openly gay member of the Senate. He has been against these bills for months. And he more or less really disparaged actions from Republicans on the fact that they're politicizing this issue. And I think we have a clip of him doing that. This is the crap they said about people like me for decades. They can't say it about me anymore, or they would be. So now they're going after another group, but this time they're kids. They're kids they're going after. They're using kids as political pawns. And that burns me up. Sarah Femtum, do we have much of a reaction from the healthcare community yet? I reached out to someone representing the clinic at WashU that treats transgender minors and provides uh, gender-affirming care to kids here in St. Louis. Um, Again, the regulations have not yet been filed. So again, I think providers are sort of playing this a little close to their chest and seeing what happens. 
Um, but they said they're aware of the press release and um, they take the care and the safety of their patients very seriously and remain committed to providing compassionate family-centered care to their patients. So not a lot um, from providers um, in particular, at least locally yet. Kansas Citians have speculated about a downtown sports stadium for years. Now, it looks like it might finally be happening. KCUR's Steve Kraske chatted with Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas about how a new baseball venue could be funded and how it might change the look and feel of downtown. Speaking of sports, what's the latest on a downtown baseball stadium? Have, <laughs> have you found a location or not, or where are we going? You know, I always try to be honest with the up-to-date crowd, and, and, and I, I have this view. I think that within 10 years, the Kansas City Royals will be playing downtown. Do I know particular details? I do not. Why do I believe that? I have seen in this city over my years reading the great Kraskini and others that it seems whenever the moneyed interest in town get interested enough in an idea, it ultimately happens. There will be twists and turns along the way. There will be debates about how the funding will work out. But I think that that is what happens. And I think the Royals have pretty much expressed rather clearly that that is their plan long term to Mm -hmm. be downtown. To me, I think the question continues to be, how do we make sure that there is, uh, to the extent the public is involved at all, a, a limit to what is the public engagement? Most of what I've heard discussed so far is just a renewal of the existing Jackson County sales tax. That might be something folks are, are somewhat interested in, but I have been heartened of late. I know the stand-up KC group, which works for higher workers' wages, wages, has mentioned better standards and pay for workers, not just who work on the construction project, but also those who are staffing the concessions at a, a new Kauffman Stadium, who are staffing janitorial services long-term. I think that is a positive move, but I do think the Royals move downtown. Ultimately, the big question is, what does that mean for the Kansas City Chiefs? Do they stay at Arrowhead? Mm-hmm. And, I, and trust me, I hear from a lot of people who say, why are we even talking about this mm-hmm. when we have a city with a world of challenges? I think it's going to take a lot of balancing work. That work right now is the work of the Royals. I've said time and again, Kansas City will not negotiate it against itself. So we look forward to hearing from them what their plans may be and, and giving the up or down and engagement with the public on what the future holds. I mean, there have been news stories that the Royals are even looking at a site up in North Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, how concerning would that be for them to leave Kansas City, Missouri? proper and move up to North Kansas City. Well, here's my view. I don't believe uh, such as look, I think when you look at the dynamics and the economics of baseball, most of these stadiums are getting built in the core of, of a city. And there's a reason for that. Walkability, density, the excitement that goes with yeah. it. People want to be in that energy. They want to have that exciting event. And I think the Royals see that. They see that in places like Baltimore. They see that even in St. Louis. And so I expect them to be downtown, despite the fact that they'll continue to speak with suburban offers along the way. You know, the Royals uh, mayor have suggested they they want to speed up the timetable here. When can we expect news on an announcement about where the stadium would be or maybe a vote on funding? What, any sense of the road ahead? You know, I think it is actually sooner rather than later. I think this is one of those topics that doesn't want to just be bandied about for years and years. I, I, I do believe the Royals are narrowing locations. They've said that publicly. I think they will narrow locations further over the months ahead. And I would expect something, perhaps a public vote as early as if not later this year, i.e. 
a November election, potentially maybe in the spring of next year. Mm -hmm. I do think they have a lot of work to do in terms of how is it funded? Who's being asked to pay? Is it mainly users and others? Is it a renewal of the Jackson County sales tax more popular? Or is it something where they're looking for a lot more uses where and, and funders, which I think the people of Kansas City would have more qualms with? You know, on a related note, you've received 45 million bucks in commitments from private donors and from the federal government now to build a new downtown park above Interstate 670 downtown. You still have about $150 million more to raise to get this done. How confident are you that we're going to see this new park be built? I'm very confident that it gets built. And the reason is this, that I believe, first, we, for once, have done a public-private partnership in the right way, which is the private money actually being first. Usually when people say public-private, they just mean we're going to hire a private company to do what we're needing to have built. I don't think that actually gets the job done. Mm -hmm. I think what we are seeing in this is commitments from folks like H&R Block to the tune of $10 million, just straight up, right? The Lowe's Hotel, which would be close to it. So I do think this project gets done. I do, however, think it gets done kind of in a block by block manner. Mm. So right now, the block between Central and Baltimore being Mm -hmm. one of the early ones, Wyandotte and Baltimore, actually, then that next block from there. That's the way that you'll see it. But I'm very confident. And for those who are wondering why downtown gets this attention and focus, first of all, we're spending affordable housing money citywide. But I think it's our ability to generate revenue long term for the city. You are seeing more businesses, more residents coming back downtown. And that's something that we find heartening now. How transformative would this project be? Because on one level, you think about it, it's really it really would make downtown a lot more quiet, right? It'd be a quieter place. You wouldn't have the traffic sound coming up from the interstate below. It would correct a, a, a decision made in the past. And I say this with respect to many of our predecessors. We had this view in the 1950s and 60s of you can make downtowns great by making sure everybody could get in really quickly. Of course, that means they could also get out very quickly. Yeah. So we have built a city where you can get from Olathe to Liberty and go through downtown in a very efficient way. And we'll continue to have that. But I think the step that we needed to make was how do you make it a neighborhood, this neighborhood that has dynamism, that does have green spaces and frankly, doesn't just just remind you always of a place you need to get out of. Standing along 670 now and hearing semis and everything else going by says this ain't a neighborhood to be in. I think changing that to something that is more tranquil, something that makes you think more of perhaps even the plaza without controversy or a loose park or any of our other great Kansas City neighborhoods is really, I think, what a long-term goal is here. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske speaking to Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas on KCUR's Up to Date. You can hear their entire conversation at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Paris Norvell and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more Missouri and Kansas news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's going to be bumping. You got to be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive.